Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. A month after its parliamentary elections, Lebanon is still sinking into the abyss with no political center to stabilize the turbulent system. No major group or coalition emerged. Many new members are unknown qualities with questionable loyalties. The economy is crashing and everyday life becomes ever harder to negotiate. How can Lebanon emerge out of this crisis? And what are the military and energy implications for Israel? Joining us from central Israel to discuss this topic is retired Colonel Jacques Niria, who is a former senior official at the IDF Intelligence Directorate and late Premier Yitzhak Rabin's advisor. Thank you for joining us, Colonel. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure indeed. Uh, also joining us are Colonel uh, retired Dr. Eran Lerman, who is the co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, a co-panelist at Powers and Play, Vice President of the Jerusalem Institute for Strategy and Security, and Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. It's always a pleasure as well. Uh, also joining us, of course, is our TV7 uh, Editor-at-Large, host of Watchmen Talk, Powers and Play, and so much more, Mr. Amir Oren. Amir, give us a broader understanding of today's topic, Lebanon. The complexities are many. So here we are again at uh, one of uh, those junctions of domestic policy and foreign policy or national security policy. And one would have thought that because of what you just described, the uh, dire straits uh, in which Lebanon finds itself, people there, including politicians, would focus on their internal problems and try uh, to solve them. But uh, either in spite of or because the problems are insoluble, it turns out that many of the politicians, not only Hezbollah uh, leader uh, Hassan Nasrallah, but also many of the uh, new members with no political records have gone to the extreme and uh, are uh, pushing towards confrontation with Israel for various reasons, uh, which my two colleagues here uh, will elaborate uh, on. So uh, the feeling in Israel, especially following the uh, chariots of fire exercise held uh, a few weeks ago, is that uh, tension with uh, Lebanon uh, is real and uh, could uh, conflagrate into uh, a confrontation, perhaps a military campaign, as early as this summer. Dr. Lerman, are we on a course of collision? Potentially. Uh, I recently wrote a piece about the uh, fisherman's wife. It's a legend that Pushkin put into rhyme, uh, asking for more and more until she came, she brought herself back to ruin. The story of Lebanon may be similar. There is a great opportunity ahead for Lebanon. An understanding with Israel on the uh, delineation of the EEZ border will, uh, uh, I think, will meet with a generous Israeli response and will enable Lebanon to actually prospect and ultimately benefit 
from energy production, draw investors, stabilize the economy, give a chance to a country that has come to the verge of ruin. If, uh, and, and I read his, uh, Hezbollah's statement, Hassan Nasrallah's statement, Hezbollah's statements, as leaving some crack in the door for that possibility. But the basic instinct of demanding more and more, laying a totally absurd claim also to the area of Karish and Tanin, which are 100% within the Israeli EEZ, as Lebanon itself drew it in previous negotiations. So keep, keep pushing, this effort to keep pushing their ambitions southwards uh, would, could lead to a confrontation which would be ruinous first and foremost for Lebanon itself. Uh, the uh, commander, the uh, chief of staff of the IDF was very blunt recently speaking about the ruin that could come to much of Lebanon if Hezbollah initiates a confrontation. Uh, and, and the Lebanese should take this very, very serious. Colonel Nuria, do you see it in the same light? Well, I'm, uh, I beg to differ a little bit. Not, not so much, but basically I join more the, the position that Amir has uh, put forward that because of domestic problems, they're trying to, so, to, to concentrate on, on issues which are unsolvable in, uh, uh, at the outcome. First of all, let's look at what's happening. There are two positions in Lebanon, the position of the, the, the government and the president concerning the, the, uh, the limitation of the maritime borders between, uh, between Israel and Lebanon, and there's the position of Hezbollah. Now, Lebanon has presented in 2013 a line which, which draws from the Lebanese coast till a point called 23. And this, the, the, this point creates a dispute area between us and Lebanon of 860 kilometers. But what happened is afterwards, there was the discovery of the gas field of Karish, and the Lebanese decided that to change their position. Not officially. The, the, the position of 2013 was given to the United Nations. And now the claim is that the, the, the real line, because of internal uh, problems in Lebanon, because of the fact that Karish is there near, nearby and offers an opportunity for Lebanon, so the line that the Lebanese are presenting uh, ends at point 29, creating a dispute area of 1,430 square kilometers, which is in, the, not bound in any legal, uh, legal issue. So now the, 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 the Lebanese government is saying, okay, let's discuss. What, what is there to discuss? The, the U.S. envoy has presented already a median line between us and Lebanon. Lebanon has refused it. Has, uh, and the, the, the Lebanese uh, the, the opposition, you know, the, the, the bloc of the newcomers, are asking the government to change the, its position officially and to present to the U.N. a new position. But here is the third surprise. There's, it seems, according to rumors in Lebanon, that President Aoun is the negotiating an issue concerning his son-in-law, which is blacklisted by the Americans, in order to lift this blacklist and uh, enable him to present himself as a candidate to uh, the presidency in October. So at this point, there's, there's uh, the, good, the, the good guy is the good cop is the uh, government, and the bad guy is the Hezbollah. Hezbollah has decided to put forward a position impossible to accept, neither for the Americans nor for the Lebanese government. As such, he is, in fact, presenting and putting himself at the center and saying, 
you will not disarm me. This was in the election campaign. I will, and I will fight Israel on the Karish oil field. And I suggest to take those uh, elements seriously because, I mean, uh, there, there's a, 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 a sensation in Lebanon, a, a feeling that uh, Hezbollah is turning the maritime border into the new Chaba farm, which are disputed between us and, uh, and Lebanon. Indeed. Uh, with that being said, Hezbollah is the big loser, if you will, from the last parliamentary elections, uh, not necessarily losing its Shiite seats, where it regains uh, its power uh, all over, including its ally Amal, but losing much of its allies, if you will, uh, something that has diminished its uh, majority within the minority parliament that was incapable of functioning regardless of whether it has a majority or not. Now uh, we hear, as Colonel Niri also mentioned, that Jebran uh, Basil, the son-in-law of Michel Aoun, is looking to run against Samir Djiadjia, the leader of the Christian Lebanese forces, who is an arch enemy of Hezbollah. And there is here a split within the Christian Maronite community, which is the most powerful one, uh, in which on the one hand you have the anti-Hezbollah camp of Jia and you have the pro-Hezbollah camp, or at least corrupt to the core, and therefore supportive of Hezbollah, uh, of uh, uh, Jebran Basil. And, and we see this battle of power probably going to bring Lebanon into even a more precarious stage where uh, the current president, Michel Aoun, will probably continue as president until the day, well, God knows when that is going to happen, that he would be replaced. Well, no one in the uh, warring factions of the uh, Lebanese Maronites is pro-Hezbollah. They are only pro-themselves. If it suits their purpose um, at one particular time to ally themselves with this or that group, uh, they do it. And obviously, Hezbollah, backed by Iran, is now the most powerful uh, uh, force uh, in Lebanon. And uh, we should uh, uh, mention that the presidency, as well as the uh, command of the army, are reserved for uh, Christians under the uh, Lebanese system. Now, um, there are families, there are dynasties in uh, Lebanese politics, uh, not only Christians. We, we all know the names, the Jamiles, the Shamuns, Ferengias, the Jumblats, the Hariris, all, all of these. And uh, the Mr. Basil, uh, whom uh, you uh, mentioned, um, almost like faulty towers. Um, but this is Gibran uh, Basil. Um, this shows you the dilemma that President Biden is facing, both in Saudi Arabia and in Lebanon. On the one hand, he's anti-corruption and pro-democracy, and uh, Mohammed bin Salman... Uh, as long been, as it suits him. Uh, no, because, uh, as long as the priorities allow him to. But when he's pressed, as is now the, uh, the problem with Saudi Arabia, with oil and all of that, or in Lebanon, where he wants uh, the um, more moderate faction to succeed, but this faction is led by someone he is personally against. What can be done? So um, eventually, of course, um, they all come to the conclusion 
that President Eisenhower once expressed by saying about someone in Latin America, he is an SOB, but he's our SOB. So let's have him rather than the other sides. Dr. Lerman? Well, um, I think Lebanese politics are still under the shadow of the summer of 2020. It was the explosion of Beirut, the, the sense that something has gone catastrophically wrong with the country, and that Hezbollah, to, to some extent, bears a central responsibility for the situation in which Lebanon finds itself. And I think that's the undercurrent uh, that was reflected in the, in the election results. There are even Shiite, even Shiite leaders, even uh, people who were involved with the founding of Hezbollah originally, who are now saying that Hassan Nasrallah should be the first to be hanged and that for, for what happened to Lebanon. Now, that puts Hezbollah to some extent in a corner. And uh, corners are dangerous places for, for well-armed and uh, very teethy animals like Hezbollah. However, the, and, and the, the, this, the, until now, there were three good reasons for Hezbollah not to go to war. One is the Iranian nuclear file, because they are the det- ultimate deterrent in the, Iranian, in the Iranian arsenal. The second was the entanglement in Syria, which is now waning because the war is more or less has been fought to a standstill. And the third is Israeli deterrence. Now, deterrence is a quality that tends to uh, erode over time. And so the Israeli military has made a quite a deliberate and I would say even a noisy effort recently to restore deterrence. Um, the manner in which a, a very large maneuver was now at, uh, held in Cyprus, in terrain which was openly and, and uh, without hesitation identified as being uh, similar to uh, the terrain that uh, deep penetration raids would, would be fought uh, in, in Lebanon. Mm. All of this is meant to enhance deterrence at this point of crisis. Uh, but if Hezbollah persists, as, as, uh, as Jacques suggested, on a course of collision, it may indeed uh, come, come to pass. Colonel Niria? Well, uh, first I would like to make some remarks concerning the Christian community in Lebanon. We have reached a point where no one could believe that the president of Lebanon would say to the Pope that Hezbollah is protecting the Christians in Lebanon. This is unheard of, unheard of in the Lebanese politics, unheard of of Christian politics in Lebanon. Then you talk about uh, the, uh, the, the, the loss or the, the failure of Hezbollah during the elections. You're right. All the, uh, all the Shiite seats are with Hezbollah and Amal, and some of its allies are the, lost their the seats in parliament. However, if you look today at what's happening in the parliament, the first battle was concerning the election of the speaker. The duo, Hezbollah, Amal, succeeded in putting again Barry as the speaker, and the, the, also his deputy, also. Out of 16 committees in the Lebanese parliament, 12 are, by, uh, are held by, uh, by Amal, Hezbollah, and their allies. So, I mean, let's, let's look at the situation as is. Hezbollah is an old 
an old foe who knows how to behave in Lebanese in the Lebanese parliament, and he got hold of the parliament. And as such, I mean, his uh, his way to behave in Lebanon and to to govern and to control the, the 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 government has not changed. And I I think on the contrary, it has even the, it, it has gotten worse. Finally, I I say that concerning deterrence, deterrence, as said uh, as Iran said, is uh, is 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 it bilateral. We deter Hezbollah, but on the other hand, we are deterred by Hezbollah. We are deterred by 150,000 uh, uh, missiles that he can fire on Israel. We are deterred by the fact that, look at what happened. We discovered 10 tunnels, 10 tunnels from Lebanon in, deep inside Israeli territory. And what was Israel's response? We put cement in it. We put cement. This is really, uh, 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 I mean, the Hezbollah laughed at this. This is, if this is the response of Israel, this only demonstrates that Israel is weak and is not interested in a conflict. And this is the advantage that Hezbollah has upon us. Is it weak or is it comfortable? And when we're talking about the remarks by Michel Aoun to the Pope, uh, it ultimately was a lie. But again, a lie that is derived about comfortable from current circumstances within Lebanon. How do you see this, uh, Mr. Oren, at a time when we do see that the horizon for Lebanon, economically speaking, is not becoming any better? The IMF keeps saying that even the initial stages are not being implemented for reform in order to enable a bailout of some sort. The uh, state reserve stood at $25 billion just two years ago and is significantly diminished since. Where is the, the silver lining at the end of the tunnel? Well, as Jacques said, uh, cement was put on it. Uh, so uh, there is no silver lining. There is no lining uh, at all. And um, the economic crisis is also a security crisis uh, for Israel because migrants are coming over to um, ask for work in Israel. Uh, they are desperate. And uh, another factor is that uh, the Palestinians are once again becoming uh, a group Israel has to contend with in South Lebanon. And uh, in fact, the only time that Israel retaliated uh, against Lebanon within uh, Lebanese uh, territory was uh, quite recently when uh, uh, Palestinians uh, uh, launched rockets at Israel. And the deterrence that all of us talked about has to do not only with Israel avoiding any attack within Lebanon, but also when a Lebanese person is being killed outside of Lebanon, in Syria, for instance, Nasrallah orders retaliation. And Israel goes out of its way if it attacks an Iranian proxy, a Shiite militia, or a similar group to ascertain that there are no Lebanese there. And yet... Hassan Nasrallah stays in his bunker, which means something, Colonel. Well, as I said, ultimately Israel does have the means to at least reduce Hezbollah so significantly that all its bitter foes in Lebanon and those who have an account to settle for the role Hezbollah played in the destruction of the Syrian people in the last 10 years could basically take their revenge. I wouldn't like to be a Shiite in the Bekaa Valley uh, after 
Hezbollah confrontation with Israel because there are so many blood accounts to settle in Lebanon and Syria. So the risks that they are running are very high. This, uh, the, arrow, the arrogant uh, assumption about Israel's uh, weakness may be um, one of those cases in which Hebrews may mislead them at the, at the point of decision. It, it is uh, quite correct if one looks at preemption. Israel is not going to initiate a war, but should Hezbollah start something, you are right. The uh, Lebanese population, especially in the south, where there are missiles hidden uh, at homes or near apartments, they are going to suffer immeasurably. Colonel Niria? Yes, well, you know, in every war in Lebanon, the, the classical idea of the Israeli leadership was let's put pressure on the population. The population will just go north to Beirut and the government will just uh, uh, accept uh, our conditions. This will not work. The only thing that will work is a complete defeat of Hezbollah. Israel uh, incursion into Lebanon in order to destroy the infrastructure of Hezbollah till the Bekaa Valley and till Beirut and the Dahia. And then, of course, withdraw to the international border or avoid staying in Lebanon because this is a territory that we don't have to put there. By doing so, we can allow a new realignment of forces in Lebanon. Otherwise, this, this, uh, this country is lost to uh, Hezbollah and is lost to Iran. Mr. Owen, you spoke about the chariots of fire exercise, so did uh, uh, Dr. Leoman with regard to specifically uh, the commando practice that uh, occurred specifically in uh, Cyprus. A day prior to that and, and during that, there was also a long distance maneuver of the Israeli Air Force with uh, roughly 100 aircraft taking place. Uh, west from Cyprus, more within the Mediterranean. Is Lebanon going to be spared in a nice confrontation with Iran, which even though the diplomatic track seems uh, to uh, be maintained on a low level, at least behind closed doors, this is not something we can rule out. Israel, again, is not going to preempt. Um, it uh, does not have uh, uh, the wherewithal to start a war with Iran right now because it doesn't know how it will end, because Iran will obviously uh, strike back at um, Israel's and um, the United States' allies in the Gulf. And um, the uh, Biden administration is not going to encourage Israel to do it. And Israel must... Uh, take into account uh, the um, quantities of uh, anti-missile missiles and other munitions in the long haul. Now, Hezbollah, with its uh, almost 200,000 uh, rockets and missiles, probably plans uh, an economy of uh, launching some 2,000 missiles and rockets against Israel a day, most of them against the northern part of Israel, but uh, several dozen against central Israel, especially the Tel Aviv, Ben-Gurion airport, and strategic uh, target uh, area. Israel, on the other hand, would like to shorten the war, and therefore it will uh, launch a devastating attack on 
South Lebanon, but also Beirut, what uh, Jacques mentioned, uh, the Dachia, the uh, stronghold of uh, Hezbollah, and technology, military technology, has developed so much in the last 16 years since the last campaign that if uh, Nasrallah is banking on some statistical bombing, he is dead wrong and perhaps maybe dead, not only wrong, if he tries it. It can be also both. Yes, the point is that uh, this will not be a repeat of 2006. At that time, for a complexity of internal Israeli dynamics, it took a month to basically decide on a major uh, ground incursion beyond some very limited operations in the south. If I understand the mindset of the Israeli high command today, it will start at day one and in full force. Colonel Nidia? Well, I quite agree. As I said, I mean, there's no other solution in order to eradicate Hezbollah. You know, Hezbollah is the head of, uh, of, uh, of the serpent, of the snake, and we have to cut it. And uh, otherwise, uh, uh, the problem is that Nasrallah doesn't understand Israel. He is supposed to be the best uh, uh, Israeli expert explaining it, but he doesn't understand the mentality. He doesn't understand that he, he sees our reactions are a weakness, whereas uh, our our reactions are, in fact, a, a, a result of deep thinking and of a, of a, a resolve not to go to enter in, in any war, but if we are uh, obliged to do so. And his behavior and his explanation of the Israeli position, as I heard in his last speeches, it just presents uh, a, a fake understanding of the, uh, of the politics in Israel and of the uh, capacity or capability of Israel to react to uh, the, to this uh, to his arrogance. Mr. Oren, where are we drawing here? Uh, we are drawing to the end of the program, hopefully not to the end of Lebanon, but I'd like to hear from you a prospect. Where are we heading from here? Uh, keep it shortly, please. Right now, um, and uh, it may uh, sound... Uh, controversial or running against what we just said. Right now, Israel prefers Nasrallah to an unknown new leader of uh, Hezbollah because Nasrallah has been quite restrained for the last 16 years. If he changes his policy, Israel will also change its view of him. Naim Qasim is not a good respon uh, responsible actor as a replacement? Maybe we will try it later. Indeed. Well, this is all the time that we have for today, so I'd like to thank... Colonel Niria, Dr. Lerman, and Mr. Oren for being part of today's panel. And I'd like to thank our viewers as well, and we will see you next time. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media. <laughs>